What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Squar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are officially now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK show, our good friend Jacob Gonzalez makes his return to the show. We're talking about the first round of the NBA playoffs as the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks are the only teams to have secured their spots in the next round so far. Also, the Phoenix Suns have fired their head coach, which means Devin Booker will have his fifth coach in just as many years. And also, the NFL is back. The NFL draft is on Thursday, so we will dive into that a little bit to close it out. All right, let's uh, let's start the show. Welcome to the sports kingdom. What's going on, Jacob? How you been, man? Been good. Glad to be back on the TSK show. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you for having me back. Yeah, we uh, we appreciate you being here. TP, what's going on, man? How you doing? I just I just <laughs> made the connection that the NFL draft is the same weekend as Avengers Endgame, and I'm just like. Super bummed. Well, you can't forget. Right, right when you said the NFL, the NFL drafts Thursday night, I was like, "Fuck, I'm be at it. I'm I'm gonna be at Avengers, man." Well, you can't also forget the biggest battle coming up on Sunday with oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. That too. No, that battle. That battle is about to be longer than the Lord of the Rings battle. No, we can pass on that battle for now. Well, me and Jacob are excited, so. All right. Well, you got. I'd rather it. see that battle hey, than the well, Avengers battle. Hundred uh, percent. Right. Yeah. I'd much rather see that battle than the yeah. Avengers battle. You got it. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, that was my that was my joke. You got it. All right. All right, let's get into uh some playoff action. Before we talk about uh what's going on, let's recap the series uh matchups. So going on in the East, we got two teams already advanced to the second round. The Milwaukee Bucks swept the Detroit Pistons four to nothing, and the Boston Celtics swept the Indiana Pacers four to nothing. Philadelphia the Philadelphia 76ers are up 3-1 to one against the Brooklyn Nets. That game is currently going right now, and the score is 8 to nothing. Uh, 76ers-Nets still. I figured. So uh, the Nets uh, are facing elimination in Game 5, uh, and then the other game going on right now, the 2-7 matchup in the East, Toronto is up in the series 3-1 to one against the Orlando Magic. That game is at halftime, and the Raptors are up 67-47. to 47. The other two matchups going on tonight uh, are the Spurs and the Nuggets, and then the OKC Thunder are going to try and keep their season alive against the Portland Trail Blazers. So in the West, the Golden State Warriors, the number one seed, are up 3-1 to one against the Los Angeles Clippers, and Tyler is repping the old Elton Brand Clippers jersey that oh, he yeah. loves to rock. Oh, yeah. Go Clipperinos. <laughs> As big as Shock a throwback, that is. You may have to put it away soon. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. That's all right. Lasted longer than the Lakers did. 
Hey, listen. Oof. Same result. Mm. Same end result for the season. No championship. Hey, that's all right. We, Champions, we, championships we, are all that matters. It's the higher a consolation prize, listen, right? Listen, you guys got me saying we when it comes to the Clippers now. That's like a problem. I, like I'm on the team. <laughs> that's a problem. I'm just getting defensive of the Clip show right now. They rocked it this year. No, listen, they proved a lot of people wrong, and I got to give credit where yeah. credit's due. I'll tip my hat off to them. Also, yeah, you can, you know, wrong. you can kind of, you can kind of go with the Elton Brand for GM of the year as well. So yeah, oh, you definitely could. Kind of double, kind of doubles. We down. we talked about it when we gave out our yeah. awards. We yeah. both gave it to Elton yeah. Brand. Yep. I said I said I, I hated the Sixers before the show started, but I like to rephrase that as I hate Ben Simmons. <laughs> so you know, I'm rooting. Not Joel Embiid. Nah, I fuck with Joel. He's yeah. Tough. Joel Embiid's been able to to. I come, like all the come, Sixers. I like, I for like, the most part. Yeah. I just feel like he's the hate, most hated one, Joel Embiid, off of that Well, team. that's because he talks a lot on Twitter, but yeah, here's yeah. the thing is he backs it up. <laughs> yeah, man. And yeah, that's that's what made me. Not when you you got to stay healthy throughout a whole season and he, playoffs. I mean, no, from no, when he's out sure. there, he's backed up everything he said. Yeah, no, we'll see what he, what they can do. But anyway, all right, the the 4-5 matchup, game four was last night. Uh, Utah was able to keep their season alive. Uh, Houston's up three to one in that series. Uh, and then, like I said, the two games that are going on later tonight, Portland is up three to one against OKC and the Nuggets and Spurs are tied two to two. Uh, let's go back to the East though, where the two teams that have already secured their spot in the next round, uh, Milwaukee and Boston, they're the only two sweeps in the first round. Uh, I'm kind of surprised they're the only sweeps. Uh, I don't know about you guys. You didn't think Boston was going to sweep? I thought Indiana might have been able to, to squeak one out, but I also thought that I the Warriors would have been a sweep. Uh, yeah. I also thought – I for um, sure thought Toronto – Yeah, I thought for, Toronto or Orlando sure, would have been a sweep. And Philly, only had so much. To, to Toronto and Philly should have been a sweep. Um, yeah. I, f- I feel like Indiana should have got a game, but a sweep is a surprise. Yeah, but uh, the cool part for Milwaukee – is it's the first playoff series win uh, for the Bucks since 2001 with that uh, that Ray Allen team. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's that. Remember that team I brought up. That's the team I brought up in that conspiracy about the 2001 NBA Finals and uh, the NBA fixing the Easter Conference Finals where they oh got, where they wanted they, Philly and they got yeah. Iverson because they they got Iverson because they wanted best player versus best team. Yep. And uh, George Carl thinks that the NBA rigged those calls. Because the Bucks were the number one seed, and they were the only team. Remember this one, the yep, only yep, yep. team to sweep Kobe and Shaq that year. Didn't lose to them. Yep. Um, so I mean, Giannis put on an amazing performance in that series. Oh, he was unguardable um, against uh, Drummond. None of the big men can stop them. And obviously Griffin too, but he was a little banged up. Yeah. No, I mean you got to give Blake Griffin credit com- for for coming out in Game Three and Four and. Uh, really trying to to give it his all, even though he was supposed to be oh, ruled yeah. out for the entire Blake, season. Blake's the man. Mad respect for Blake. No, I've, I was a hater when he came into the league, and I've definitely just grown to love him. It was him. just when he was on the Clippers, like during um, Lob City era. I just didn't like him at that time. I just, yeah, I, I, I just didn't like him coming out of college. I just didn't really understand. He just didn't have a game yet. He was an athlete, but he developed everything, and he's definitely a stud now. Yeah, I've definitely gained a lot of respect for him since he's left the Clippers. I think getting out of Los Angeles, getting out of the limelight, and just really focusing on basketball uh, really has benefited Blake Griffin's career and really extended it uh, because, as we've seen, he does tend to get injured quite often. Yeah. Uh, and like like you were saying before the show, uh, he was looking like Rob Gronkowski uh, with that leg brace mm-hmm. uh, over tough, his knee. Man. It's it's it's. 
Mad respect for him to go out there and play hurt. Not uh, a lot of players that will do the same. In, in games no, that, not a lot. No. In games that really didn't. I mean, they matter because they're playoffs, so you're going to go for it. But they couldn't – I don't know if they really expected to win that series. They just uh, – it's respectful for him to go out there and try to, you know, play two games. Yeah. So, I mean, we all probably can agree on we thought that Milwaukee was going to win this series either way, Blake Griffin healthy or not. Uh, and the Bucks ended up winning all four games by more than 15 points. Game one was by 25, game two, 21, three, 16. Uh, and then they won last, last night. Uh, yeah, it was last night yeah. um, by 23. They're they, just too big. The team was just too big for and more physical than the Pistons were. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, when you have Giannis hitting oh. those – crazy athletic uh yeah. change of pace change are, of direction layups bucks are a problem <laughs> i had i had the fortune i would i read it straight in the game so i was listening to a like a milwaukee like home thing so oh like, man the shit can you do you guys remember who their center was last year during the playoffs i guess they were talking about like the t- the you know the progression the team yeah. made they made a big step wasn't it greg year. monroe no it was tyler zeller Oh, Look Jesus. At, you know, so they've upgraded that. So Brooke position. Lopez and, and Pau Gasol. You know, obviously Giannis has. Hey, Brooke's been hitting threes. And no, he's really worked out. You never out. see him in the paint, but you see him outside yeah. on the three-point line. They're, yeah. They're a problem. They're, they're like, to me, the Bucks right now are the late 80s Chicago Bulls where they got. You know the, something's coming. They got the next thing. And I, I forget who I was talking to about this, but I was just like. Wait until Giannis gets his pippin, dude. It's gonna be over, dude. I, I mean, it's gonna be over, and I think they're gonna. I, he might actually be able to bring a championship to Milwaukee, I, uh, which will be unheard of other than the Spurs doing it. You know, well, Kareem small, did it back in the seventies. Well, 70s. I mean, as a small market team, a small market team in today's yeah. era, like it's just to win in Milwaukee would be insane. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted it out last night during the game. Uh, I mean, we're we're seeing the future of the NBA right before our very eyes with Giannis. Yep. Yeah, he is what most young players are trying to model their game after if they have that build. I think and that build is looking like it could be unstoppable. He really is. He's and he's like, not even full force either. He still doesn't have a jump shot yet. Yeah, he, the Jordan in 88 is like the season that I think he's having where it's like everyone's now sees what, like you said, the future. They know They know he's going to be the one. And uh, there is still holes in his game. That's yep. like the, you know, that's why I compare those seasons to late '80s Bulls because it yeah. is it's right before the crazy shit's about to happen. It's already been insane. Yeah. Um, now, so with all that being said, does Boston have a chance against Milwaukee? Because Boston was supposed to be the favorite coming out of the East at the start of the season. I would say for most people. They have a better shot than the Pistons do, just well, because. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, obviously, just because <laughs> they can switch a lot of things too with Tatum. Uh, they have um, Rozier, who's kind of a pesky defender, too. Maybe mm-hmm. not as big to guard Giannis, but they have a lot of people who can switch. So yeah. they definitely have a better shot. And then you were saying, too, with Horford, he'll play a key factor in that. Yeah, I think Horford is going to be the X factor in terms of guarding Giannis because Horford is one of the smartest players in the NBA. He's one of the smartest and best defenders in the NBA. And I think at times he's going to figure out a way to outsmart Giannis to where he'll have an advantage on the defensive end and – Boston will get stops out of it when they most need it, and they have all that o- offensive firepower on the other end to where when they get that stop, they have so many guys that can go get that bucket when they need it to, when they need them to. See, I, th- I mean, I actually think Boston's going to win this series. It would not shock me uh, if they did. So I definitely think they got a shot. I think they're going to win this series. I think that their lack of 
offensive power is why they're going to – and they're, you know, just inexperienced in these deep runs. You know, the Boston Celtics got a killer a, a killer on their team. And I think in a seven-game series, Kyrie Irving is going to be able to win this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to bring up the Al Horford thing because Giannis has been out and talked about how centers – it just – I just don't like that matchup. Interesting. I don't, I don't like centers having to guard Giannis. That's that's too much. I don't think the length helps you enough. I think you got to stay in front of him before he gets that deep into you know before he gets into the paint. And so you know I I like I would rather them play you know Jason Tatum on him or even you know so, you know even like another forward just not a, not a center. Okay. I, would, I, I would put Horford on on Lopez even though he stretches. You try Jalen Brown. You know, they play Whoa. five out anyways. Yeah, even even guys like that, guys that can get underneath them and stay in front, that's where I would go if I was uh, if I was Boston. And, you know, I would make other guys hit shots. They got to have they got to have two guys on him constantly this, in this series because I think Boston's a good enough team to actually m- make the double work. Now, well, I think the problem with that and how much l- – I'm going to ask you this, how much less confidence – do you have in the Celtics knowing that Marcus Smart is ruled out for the entire series? Not that, not, not, not that much because I like Marcus Smart's game, but uh, we, I talked about this with my buddy. It's a, it's addition by subtraction because they have so much talent on that team that opens up a lot of minutes for Rozier, Gordon Hayward, uh, Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving. All those minutes get distributed, and they have so much talent that I don't think it hurts them that much. I. See, I think, I think it does. I, I yeah, think Boston's I th- the best team in the East. I think they got the most talent, the best roster, and uh, you know, just the most experience. They got a killer. They have they got the the guy that you need to finish the seven game series. I mean, Milwaukee just doesn't got. I mean, Giannis is the man. He's dominating, but I don't think that Giannis can beat this Boston Celtics team by himself. Yeah, and he de- there's not playmakers on this team. They rely on his dominance. Chris Middleton is nice, but he's not creating his own shot. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think he can put a team away, especially Boston. They're missing Malcolm Brogdon, who's a playmaker. Yep. You know what I mean? I just like who who on that Bucks team is that second guy that's really going to kill it for you. You're gonna need Bledsoe to step up and Middleton. Yeah, and it's just like that's those that's asking a lot from those guys. Well, you need 20 from those guys both. Well, and I mean to go back to go back to Marcus Smart being out for a second, and then I'll get into who I think uh, is ultimately going to win this series. I think Marcus Smart is that exact type of defender you were you specifically yeah, were talking but he's, about. Yeah, but he's yeah, and he is. And Pat Bev has done a nice job in KD. He's done an incredible he's job. He's kind of shown KD. people what a smaller person that gets underneath you can do. It keeps you on the outside, it makes you uncomfortable. But Marcus Smart is kind of getting towards this the shorter end like that's as small as i would want to go yeah okay now ultimately i agree with you i think boston is going to win this uh win this series and i think it's ultimately going to come down to their experience in the playoffs and i can't stress how important it was for tatum and jalen brown to be such important pieces last year yeah in the celtics run tatum is still this is when he made his name i think tatum still got something up his sleeve as far as a big moment in this playoffs and Kyrie's already been doing the damn thing. Kyrie's yeah. one of the top three, t- probably top three scariest guys in the playoffs right now. Who do you think is going to win the series, Jacob? I mean, I hate to disagree with you guys, but I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I just think that they're a much bigger team, and they were the best team defensively all year. Mm-hmm. And I think they shut down Kyrie Irving and all the other guards. All right. And they got way, and their chemistry is way better. And, oh, yeah. You know, 
that normally I don't like to go against chemistry. I just I really have been headstrong on this Boston team all year that I really do think they're they're the best. No, I think I think ultimately we are going to get a Boston Toronto Eastern Conference um, uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, now before we move on to uh, the the other series that are going on, uh, Detroit uh, with that sweep uh, against Milwaukee has now the most consecutive losses in postseason history dating back to 2008 with 14 straight losses in the playoffs. Uh, the top four are the Pistons with this streak with 14 losses. The Knicks had 13 straight losses from 01 to 2012. The Bobcats slash Hornets had 12 losses from 02 to 2016. And the Grizzlies also had 12 losses from 04 to 06. And that's the that's the Pistons this year. Yeah, the Pistons this year from 2008 to 2019. Yeah. Now they're the leaders of it. Yeah, they're they're the leaders. 14 straight losses yeah. in the playoffs. And then Milwaukee hadn't won a series since 2001. 2001. So there was massive streaks going both ways. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, all right. Now the other game that happened last night, besides Milwaukee and Detroit, was Houston and Utah. Game four in Utah. Utah trying to keep their season alive. Yeah. And Houston Houston, excuse me, uh really let one get away in my opinion. I'm really glad the Utah got one game. I, I was really hoping they would win one game and, and not get swept. Yeah, and they they were in control for most of the game and every time Houston got somewhat closer, yeah. uh probably within about six to eight points, uh Utah and Donovan Mitchell really leading the way, really found a way to 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 put their their foot on the on Houston's throat and really step on the gas, put them away. Yeah, that's a bad draw again, Houston as the four seed because you know any given year they could be a one seed and uh, there's a number of teams Utah could have beat in those playoffs. Yeah, they so got to see them again. That, that, Lost them last year too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think Utah is going to be able to to steal Game Five in Houston, or nah. is Houston putting this away? I think Houston puts away at home, just like a lot of these games having. You know, that was the thing about that 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 win streak of road games is that they were all like the upper seeds. So, yeah. And I, especially it was interesting with Harden going, like, I think he started like Oh, for 14 or Oh, for 15 yeah. Yeah, yeah. in game three. It's interesting that he got this game out of the way now, yeah. uh, as opposed to last well, year sense. later in the playoffs. Where he struggled. Be best, yeah. best defense in the West. So that make, gives him a little bit more of a out, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he was able to, to bounce back and he looked really good in, in game four, even though Houston wasn't able to get the job done. So I, I expect him to have a monster game in game five. Yeah. They're close gonna, it out. They're yeah. Gonna, they're going to close it out strong. Now, uh, there are two – oh, my goodness. Uh, so, we're, we're about to talk about the Nets and the 76ers, yeah. uh, one of the games that's going on right now, and it's 30-13. to 13. Yeah. All Sixers. The, Sixers, yeah. Sixers are winning. Yeah, all these all these home – game five home games for these 3-1 leads is just easy buckets. Yeah. So, obviously, in game four, there was a bit of a scuffle. There were no suspensions, just some fines handed out. That's playoff basketball. That's what I was waiting for. I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have ejected anybody. No. There wasn't really much of a, a scuffle. It just like kind of fell you, into the stands. You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't have ejected Dudley or Butler. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> you wouldn't eject those guys for that. I mean, 
realistically, D'Angelo Russell is the reason it spilled into the crowd. Well, he's the reason why everything bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get that out the way first. Um, you did get him there, though. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, listen. Yeah. No, this has been an entertaining series. It's dope it's, to it, see this kind of stuff. And uh, Philly has full control of the series, but like Tyler says, it has been entertaining. Though. Yeah, no, yeah. it's definitely been one of the most entertaining series of the first round, uh, even with what's happening on the court in terms of basketball and off the court. Yeah. Dude, there's a Jared Dudley in every playoff series, and it's And Jared it, Dudley's and made great. a career out of doing this. It's great. It's it's smart. I mean, that's a that's a strategy that almost every team uses. There's, you know, almost every team in the league's got that guy, and some of them got multiple. And realistically, Jared Dudley— It's never the best player that's well, going out and doing no. that kind of stuff. But realistically, Jared Dudley and Jimmy Butler getting ejected for the scuffle— Effects. That's a win for fit, Jared Dudley. Exa- that's a win for the Nets. That yeah. affects Philly a lot more than Brooklyn. But, I mean, ultimately it didn't work out that way because Philly ended up winning the game. No, but that's how, if you're Brooklyn, you got to fight these guys. That's how you got to yeah. go about the game. That's the only way you're going to win because they got more talent. Yeah, but, I mean, ultimately Brooklyn season is going to come to an end tonight. It's 32-15 to 15 at the end of the first. They're at home. It's over for the Nets. They're a better team. Yeah. It, it, Toronto, I'm surprised Toronto and Philly had to play this game. Uh, so am I. But I thought good. they would have swept both teams. It's been a pretty boring first round, uh, but, you know. No, it's been pretty entertaining. I mean, listen, I mean, I think the two most entertaining series have been Brooklyn and Philly and yeah. then Portland and OKC, and they tip oh, off in a little just, bit. Just only having one 2-2 series is just crazy to me. And it was a 2-2 series I don't think anybody was really expecting. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I thought San Antonio would win this series. So. I thought they would win it at probably yeah, five. But I, I mean, they're not going to do that to the two seed. Hey, I mean, we no, we they have could, the, they could do that. Me but and you not, had I mean, very low confidence in Denver. Yeah, they have, they don't have experience. Spurs have been there and they have done that year yeah. in year out. Yeah, and but going back to Portland and OKC. Uh, I think ultimately Portland ends up closing it out tonight. As they should. Yeah, and I think Ennis Cantor has been the X factor really in the, the absence of Yusuf Nurkic against his former team. Yeah, they had to have him. They had to have Nurkic to make a run. Yeah, and – I want OKC to win that game in Portland. That's tough. No, I mean, I want I want OKC – I want this game to go seven – or games. I want this series to go seven, seven games – because I want to keep watching Russ and Dame go at it. Yeah, exactly. It'd I think that's great. been the most entertaining part of it all. Oh, for sure. I mean, listen, you got the Bay versus L.A. in that. You got Nike versus Adidas in that. Like, you got two elite point guards which Dame at has the top, been, at the top of their games. Dame has been the better point guard this year, though, by far. Oh, I mean, listen. I would say by listen, far. You listen, can't, you can't discredit averaging a triple-double three years in a row. But, see, that's what I wanted to argue, though, is, like, what Russell Westbrook is so good during the season, but come postseason, though, Oh, listen, his postseason his postseason track record since losing 3-1 with KD and which ultimately made KD leave, it's like 3 and 14 in the playoffs. It's not good. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think he's built for the playoffs. That, I don't know about all that. I think he can win playoffs. I think he can win playoff series too, but it doesn't help that his his sidekick. I mean, one of those one of those George stepped up though this year. But George has been hurt. Years was with Freaking Victor Oladipo was the second best player before he like popped off. No, I know. Uh, and then listen, this I'm year defending he's Russ. Paul George. I mean, I just think uh, I'm defending he's had, Russ. He's the whole. He's the whole team. They they completely like they haven't. They've been trying to add depth over the years, um, just because they they were left with nothing after that KD because they relied so heavily on their superstars. 
Um, yeah. They're still developing that team. I mean, Paul George, if Paul George was 100%, it would have been way different. Oh, this is a, this is definitely a seven-game series if Paul George is 100%. Yeah, I just think they win if Paul George is is healthy, but, but he's also, obviously not. Well, and also, I mean, C.J. McCollum was out the last like I want to say six weeks or at least month of no. the regular season. Yusuf Nurkic is out for for the Trailblazers as well. This it's for sure personal uh, for Lillard and McCollum, you know. Oh, for sure. I mean, those are two of the guys that have the biggest monkeys on their yeah. back. Uh, for sure, carrying, in the NBA, carrying those they, they shouldn't have gotten swept last year either, but they well, did. It, that that poor taste in their mouth, I think, is what's carried them this first series against mm-hmm. OKC, and what's really going to propel them to to ultimately win the series, in my opinion. Yep. Um, and then I mean, we are, we already kind of talked about San Antonio and Denver. Uh, I'm just c- kind of like going down my list of uh, bullet points I had written down. Um, I'm still going for the Spurs in that series. Yeah, I Either still way. think I still think ultimately they're going to win the series, but they have to win tonight. Like, it's great watching Jamal Murray and, you know, the young guys, and you know, Jokic, but they don't have enough experience. They got to win one of the two games in Denver, which I think they can do. Yeah. And then the Warriors are going to close out their series tomorrow against the Clippers uh, back up in Oakland. And then also Houston and Utah play tomorrow in game five. And like we said, I think uh, both Houston, of those series are over. Yeah, both of those series are over. Yeah, see, that's pretty, that's pretty lame. Not well, That might be – one game six, maybe two game sixes if we're lucky. Yeah, I mean it's been a pretty quick, uh, yeah. pretty quick first round. But realistically, in the second round, we're gonna have Sixers Raptors, Warriors Rockets, and then we already know for sure the Bucks and Celtics are matched up together. Mm-hmm. So this is gonna be a really fun second round of the playoffs, and I think hopefully, we, I think we have the potential for for a few game sevens at least yeah. at least a, a good amount of game sixes. That'd be dope. Hopefully, that, hopefully that's how it goes down. So, who do you think is going to be the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals right now? Uh, I think I think you're right. It's going to be Toronto, Boston in the East. In the East, and then uh, in the West, I mean, it's 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 going to be Golden State, and then honestly, I think it's whoever wins the San Antonio Denver series. I mean, I really, I think uh, San Antonio because I think San Antonio can be Portland. You know what I mean? If Portland's the one that ends yeah. up winning that series. Uh, I mean, yeah. San Antonio has a much better chance, I think, to beat Portland than Denver does. Oh, by far. Yeah, I just don't see uh, – I see San Antonio and Denver both win in the series against either Oklahoma City or Portland. Yeah, wow. So, I mean yeah. – So, I mean, I think San Antonio is going to win that series. So, I think we got a – Golden State, San Antonio? Damn. Hell, yeah. Let's do it. Spurs are the dream crushers. What do you think, Jacob? I'm going to go with Blazers and uh, Warriors. Okay. I think I think if the Blazers – I think they're going to close out this series – and five or six, and I think they beat the Spurs okay. easily. All right. And then they match up with the Warriors, which unfortunately probably won't get to the finals, but yeah. at least they pass the second no. round. Listen, I think we're all in agreement. The Warriors are still winning the NBA championship no matter what here. Yeah. Yeah, the Rockets are not the same team from last year. They were the closest. They are the closest team in the West that can beat the Warriors, but they're not the same team as last year, though. Yeah, I mean, realistically, this, this Warriors-Rockets matchup, which is realistically going to happen – uh, that's really the Western Conference Finals because that's the two best teams in the West. Yeah, I mean, coming into the playoffs, I picked OKC, but that was like what I thought Paul George was going to be Paul George. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, OKC really took a blow with uh, with uh, Paul George not being 100% coming into the playoffs. It's two years in a row, though, they were supposed to get past the second round. Yeah. Last year, they got upset by the Jazz. 
Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think Russ has made it past the second round since KD left. No. no but I mean, that's been – that's this is the third year. <laughs> yeah. He went to three conference finals and an NBA finals the three years before that. Yeah. I think we can give him some slack. No, I'm, I'm listen, I'm taking Russ over Damian Lillard. We talked about it last week. Yeah, and this series ain't over. He's going to come out fighting. Oh, for sure. For he's sure. not He's not going to go down laying down. Definitely. If they want, they want a game, they want a game six in Oklahoma City is what they want. 100% they want that because they know they could win that game. Yeah, no, he won't. He won't go down fighting. But I still got to stay with uh, Team Adidas though with Lillard. <laughs> yeah, by far. No, no, Portland at home is tough. That's that's gonna be a tough game to win. You went to a Portland game this I year. I did uh, back in March. How was that? It was good. They played. Well, they played the Phoenix Suns. But oh, yeah. But hey, you got to see Devin Booker. I did see Devin Booker up close. I will say that. I got yeah. court access. Dude, the, the Blazer games are are sick. That's a you've sick been to, you've been to more Blazer games than than any, any team ever. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah said. but that was the Rose Garden. They play in the Moda they, Center. Yeah, they now. play in the Moda Center now, they just, yeah. which is just across the way. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, it's a little different. But I mean, it's a newer arena. Yeah. But from from what I hear in Portland, people don't like change over there because that's their heart and soul team. You know, that's the, all they have over there. Yeah, so for sure. That yeah. little move, even though it was just right across the way, that, no, that pissed sure. off a bunch of people. Yeah. Oh, man. No, I mean, that was a super, super nice, like, stadium. Yeah. So, all right, uh, a little bit more stuff about the playoffs. Uh, I saw a cool stat. Over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday, it was the first time in NBA history that every road team won their playoff game. So there were eight games between Saturday and Sunday. The road teams went 8-0 over that two-day span. Uh, on Saturday, Philadelphia, Denver, Milwaukee, and Houston all won. And then on Sunday, Boston, Golden State, Toronto, and Portland all won. With, that, with this being the first time in NBA history that the road teams have gone uh, undefeated, uh, over a weekend in the playoffs, do you guys think home court has lost its touch in the NBA? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Just because I feel like now it doesn't really matter if you're playing at home or not. Like it used to be you play in Denver, you're going to struggle because of the altitude. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter anymore. Road teams are just so much more geared to win games. Mm-hmm. So I don't think playoff advantage in any of these series matter. Mm-hmm. No, I think what it more shows is the the disparity in talent and the the top heaviness of the NBA in general. Um, all eight of those teams were the higher seeds. Yep. So all eight of those teams were top four seeds in their respective conference. So they're expected to win. Um, and I think they're just that much better. Like, that's why we have a bunch of four and five or a bunch of five game series, I think, is because the top four teams are that much better than the bottom four teams. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's more of like what it's what it's telling us. Home court is big time for the for the small market teams. Portland, OKC, Utah, Milwaukee, the, Milwaukee. They all like they absolutely need that. They're just yeah. good. They're good right now. So like they're a good team with a good home court. Yeah. No, I think I, I think I definitely uh, agree more with Tyler uh, on this. But I think also there's been a lot more of an emphasis on at least especially in the regular season because it's longer and you have more road games. But I think there's been an emphasis from like a coaching aspect and a winning aspect of trying to win more games on the road than you lose. Obviously, that's always the goal is to win more than you lose. But I think there's been an emphasis on winning more on the road to get you more prepared for the playoffs and to get you in that atmosphere. So I don't think home court's really lost its touch, but I think 
like Tyler was saying, it's the talent disparity between the teams and between the conferences, really. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the Eastern Conference like is the top four teams, the and the six, the five through eight seed is night and day difference. Yeah, I mean, these franchises are on different pages. The top, you know, Indiana's the weird one because of you know Oladipo. They, yeah, I mean, they kept winning, but they're like more closer to the top four teams than the bottom three, but. It's just like those teams are way better. I would expect uh, all three of those teams to like sweep, even though a lot of them lost one game. It's like they're just so much better, and I think that's like what it's showing. You know what's happening. Yeah. Uh, all right. So two more quick notes. Uh, I don't know. I just you know I love to just scroll through Twitter and Instagram and find random facts and cool, cool factoids about what's going on in in sports and. So Derek White became the third spur under Greg Popovich to have a game where uh, he scored 35 points, grabbed five rebounds, and dished out five assists uh, total, joining both Tim Duncan and Tony Parker, obviously two of the greatest spurs ever. It's a hell of an accolade for him, too. Yeah, so Derek White being a, uh, someone that came from the G League to, to have a, the, same, the same type of accolade as players like Tim Duncan and Tony Parker, I think that really just shows you what the Spurs franchise is all about. And that there's hope in the G League. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, G League certified. Oh, yeah. She I mean, Danny Green hit seven threes in the fi- that finals game against the Miami Heat. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's a hell of an accomplishment. And, uh, you know, whether any – like, whether there is a list of guys that have done that or not, like 35 and 5 and 5, I think you got to feel good about that, getting that from a role player. That's playoff basketball. Like, there's always someone that steps up in the moment, you know what I mean, and someone that's got that got that in him, uh, and he had one of those nights. And tying it to, like, some random record, I think, makes people feel good about it, you know what I mean? It yeah. kind of puts a value to what you did. Yeah, I mean, when you when you put yourself under the same umbrella as some of the greats, it's always, it always yeah, makes it yeah. feel that much more special. Yeah, yeah. It's, not like it's, it's not like it's the best game ever, but it's, it's really rare. And for the circumstances, it should be celebrated. Yeah, and I mean, listen, I'd be happy if any one of my players was grabbing 35-5-5. Five, five. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, uh, an individual acc- accolade for an all-time talent, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt, arguably w- – could end up being a top five player ever. Uh, Kevin Durant passed Magic Johnson for 14th all time uh, on the playoff scoring list. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. And uh, whenever a younger player who has such talent and such potential uh, for what their career w- will look like after they're done playing, uh, it's always cool to see when players that we saw growing up past players that we've only heard about and really didn't get to see yep yep so no this is good for him too I and mean, just in my opinion i do think he is the best player in the playoffs right now you can argue about Giannis, but he doesn't have the jump shot that kd has so yeah. i think this this achievement for him is great just because you're passing like you're saying the all-time greats who have been in the playoffs for so many years and one championship exactly and won multiple championships yeah like i think it's just a hell of a you know of an achievement for him yeah and listen kd's trying to go uh, for three championships in a row, three finals MVPs in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Warriors would be the first team since the Kobe Shaq since the Lakers, Lakers yep. to three-peat. Yeah. Yep, it's, it's going to happen. It is. It's crazy. Yep. Bulls, Lakers, Warriors, that'll be it. Three-peats. Damn. 
Well, I mean, as far as just like unless you count the Celtics back in like the yeah, 60s, well, which won like eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I've been more like my lifetime, like the Bulls. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, no, no, I mean, not, it's been a long time, so now now it's coming around. They're gonna get it for sure. It's yeah, been about I'm it's been about twenty them. years. Yeah, it yeah, has. Yeah, that's four or five years too. It's crazy. Yeah, that's what the Yankees did. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think the Yankees won four out of five in like the early two thousands with Jeter, was young. Oh yeah, that makes sense. But uh, it's wild. Warriors are doing crazy shit. I want to see them win it though. Yeah, All three of them. Yeah, they're gonna do it. I mean, yeah, we're we're calling it like it's over because I mean, realistically, it is. But only thing that stands in their way is, is the Rockets. It's the only yeah. thing. The only thing that stands in the, the Warriors' way is injuries. Well, 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 that too. Yeah, they can't lose KD or Thompson. I don't think the Rockets on their best day can do it. No, I don't. They couldn't do it last year. But that was without Chris Paul, though. It's tough. That no, don't Chris matter. Paul, Chris Paul. Adds Chris stuff. Paul doesn't matter. Chris Paul adds some stuff, and you definitely have to be able to score to beat the Warriors. So like. The Rockets definitely do have a good, you know, roster as far as top to bottom talent too. So they could win some games, but I don't know. If no, it'll be I, it'll I be I a like, competitive series. I like but the, I like Golden State hanging another banner this year. Yeah, the Lakers will get back there one day though. One day, <sighs> twenty yeah. years from now. The no, not like. twenty. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. But all right, uh, that's gonna be it for the some, some playoff talk now. The Phoenix Suns, arguably the worst, the most dysfunctional mm-hmm. franchise, I think, in the NBA right now, arguably. There's, there's a few in the running. Yeah, I mean, the Lake show is definitely... The Lakers, the Knicks, the Suns. I mean, even, even what happened to the Lakers and the Knicks, though, this year, the Phoenix Suns have just been crap, though, for the past... And their owner doesn't yeah. give a shit. No, he does not. So, the Phoenix Suns have fired Igor Kokoskov, uh, their head coach, after his first year... He was the first European-born play, uh, European-born head coach in NBA history. Uh, he had one year on the job, didn't really get much of a chance, and now the Suns are looking for their fifth coach in five years. This means that for every single year of Devin Booker's career, he will have had a new head coach and former NBA player and NBA champion. Uh, Matt Barnes said on Twitter last night that after the firing was announced that the Suns are wasting Devin Booker's career. And I think this is a pretty obvious answer. Uh, but what does that mean for, for Devin Booker, who signed a five-year, $158.5 million extension, which kicks in this year? He's he's basically stuck in Phoenix. Like, what does this mean for Devin Booker's career? Is Phoenix wasting his career by going after another coach uh, in as many years as Devin Booker has been on the team? He's had five – He will ha- he will have had – five different head coaches yeah unfortunately he's screwed because he did sign the extension and he is a hell of a talent to be staying there in phoenix in such a small market that's where you were drafted that's where you got your name but he's he is stuck though every year you get a new coach you know new system you try to learn like you know like where they want you as far as like scoring wise it's a little bit it's gonna be hard for him i'd say oh yeah i mean to have to learn a fifth system and in five years is not something a basketball player ever wants to do. And no one's going to go there, so he can't pair up with anybody there. Like, nobody wants to go to Phoenix, especially after no, a seeing all this. they got to draft well, for yeah. sure. And, I mean, they have drafted somewhat mm. decently. I mean, listen, they hit on Booker. They hit on Aiton. But what about their past drafts? <laughs> well, do you want to yeah. run down that list? Well, Bender, Dragon Chris, Bender, Uless, Where are all those uh, guys? Brandon Knight. 
Yeah, Bender has not worked out for them. Uh, that was that was a tough one. That man's yeah. been in summer league since the past yeah. five years. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean the Phoenix Suns. Like that's it, you can't change your coach every year and expect to be good. And I don't really know what they expect. It's like you don't want them to win games because you're not in a playoff mode. So if you're not in playoff mode. You're in tanking mode. You're developing your young talent. So it's like you don't want them to win. But if he loses too much, you fire him. You don't give any chance for development to get used to a system. You know, Brett Brown, they stuck with him throughout all that shit. Yeah. You know, he was the coach with all those terrible product, that terrible product on the court. Yeah. Uh, and it brought consistency. You know what I mean? At least you always had that. And the Suns are definitely fucking up. I don't know if they're wasting his career. They're paying him a fuck ton of money. Well, like, yeah. I, I don't, you know, he's, he's still hooping big time. He's getting paid, but, but he's not uh, part of a winning culture at all. But uh, I mean, yeah, you know, that's that was his decision. So I don't, I don't necessarily mean, I don't, I don't think that they're wasting his career. They're holding on to the one superstar they got, and they're trying to figure out how to revamp this thing. They've just yeah. done a bad job. The best thing they, and they did, they keep though, trying to revamp it. The best thing they did though this past season was sign or trade for Cali Oubre, which by yeah. far I think is it pairs well with him, but well, doesn't really do much. Unfortunately, they had the hopes of making the playoffs by signing Trevor Ariza and Jamal Crawford and thinking that was going to get them to the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think they ever realistically could have thought they were a playoff team. I legitimately think that's what they thought, though. Yeah, that's how I delusional mean, I think. In the, the, in the West? Th- that's that's legitimately how delusional hey, I, I think say, Phoenix's front office I is. I got to say they After seeing LeBron and after seeing what the Kings did in the draft, like if, you thought you were going to get to the playoffs? If that that's was what, the plan, you got to <laughs> bail on that after like 30 games. If it's not rocking. Well, that's bail. what I think they did. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's where it's like it's dumb to fire a coach because it's just like where how do, how do they win? You know what I mean? What do you want them to do? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Do you want them to lose draft stock and get some extra wins, or do you want them to gain draft stock, get the losses, you stick with them? But, you know, I also don't know who these coaches are. They may not actually be good coaches. So, Well, I mean, I mean, they had Earl Watson. I think he was got, fired like four games in, wasn't he? Yeah, he just was never given a real also, sh- a shot. They've also had yeah. terrible, uh, terrible point guards this whole run. And it's just like that. Exactly. You know, it's just like the NFL. You got to have a quarterback. You got to have a point guard. But that's exactly exactly why but I'm saying Phoenix is wasting Devin Booker's career by not surrounding him with the necessary pieces they need for him to succeed, him and the team to succeed. Yeah, but they, they got to assume that those draft picks are going to work out in the open court. The Marquis Chris's, the Josh Jackson's, the Dragon Benders. I completely but forgot I mean, about Josh Jackson yeah. because he but, hasn't worked out. He but, uh, but the, I mean, these are guys, they, they drafted thinking they were going to be good. They just didn't turn out to be good. They're trying to build. I think they're trying to put talent around him. It just hasn't worked. He also missed a whole year, I'm pretty sure, with injury as well. They need to get better talent evaluators. And he's then, still though. 23 years old. That means 22. Sc- that means their scouting yeah. is really bad. <laughs> So it's like he's exactly. got, he's yeah, exactly. got plenty. Yeah, he's got plenty left in the tank. I don't and they know. Hit on, and they hit on Aiden. You know what I mean? No, I mean, listen, if it wasn't for Luka and Trey Young, Aiden would be get, rookie of the they year. Get, yeah. If they get a John Morant, then, you know, they could be they could be rolling. If they get a Zion Williamson, they still have to get a point guard. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. So now on the flip side of all of this is Phoenix has to figure out who their next head coach is going to be. So – the Suns' number one option, reportedly, is Monty Williams. They received permission from the Sixers to interview Monty Williams. And if the Suns were to hire Monty Williams before the Lakers can, 
that would obviously throw a huge wrench into the Lakers' plans. Nah. I, yes, it would. No, nah, because he's not Ty Lue, and the Lakers are signing Ty Lue. Monty Williams is technically still the Lakers' number one option, though. I don't. I mean, he's not LeBron's number one option. How do you know? I just think it's Ty Lue. I think he wants. I wouldn't Ty want Lue. Ty Lue. I don't want Ty Lue either. If I'm the Lakers, I don't want any connection to a Laker again. Like you, you got to get rid of all that. See, stuff. this is what I'm talking about. Hey, you have to get. I, I'm, cool, I'm you with played you with us. We won championships together. You I have don't history want Ty here. Lue. I'm with you guys, but that's who not. do you want? I mean, I would take, I would definitely take Monty Williams, and I would, I would give Juwan Howard a try. Well, he's I, getting, he's getting an interview this week. I, I wouldn't go. I would not take Jason Kidd. I don't think oh, that. No. I don't think Braun and Kidd are a good match personality wise, as far as like just working is who has power. It, like I said last episode, it's got to be someone on the Braun train. Obviously, Monty Williams is a great name, so those would probably be the two. So that well, I would name and like, but. Well, like you just brought up, Jason Kidd was actually indeed interviewed earlier today at the practice facility. The interview was conducted by Rob Palenka and Kurt Rambis. But this is what I want. This is not what I think is going to happen. No, I know. Um, I don't want Kidd at all. I think everything you said about him and LeBron not meshing is 100% true. And if you just look at what... That's such a Laker name to throw out there. You know what but I mean? It's if a you big lo- name. If you also look at what his previous teams of where he's coached have done since he's left Brooklyn's in the playoffs. Now Milwaukee is the number one seed in, in the East. So he was obviously a poison to those, but teams. you're comparing two, you know, you're comparing two different things. You know, you're How? comparing one team and another team. It, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it was all Jason Kidd's fault. No, well, he clearly had a problem in it and he got, he ended no, up not th- losing his job. I think his problem is, is he got all that power. I mean, he went from coaching one year in the league to becoming a head coach GM. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I just think, you know, he's got too big of a personality to, like, run other big personalities. Yeah. I mean, listen, ultimately, uh, circling this all back around to the Phoenix job and, and Monty Williams, if Monty's people are telling him to take the Phoenix job over the Lakers job, that's not a good look for the Lakers. Monty Williams? I don't think But Monty what has been this whole year for them? Nothing's been good for them this year. Well, I mean, I think it makes it even worse. No, it does. By I far, think a young does. coach would much rather go. A Jawan Howard or a Jason Kidd, I think, would be much more attracted to Phoenix than Monty Williams is. But, see, they tried that, though, with Luke Walton, though. He was the young No, he's coach. talking about Phoenix. Oh, about about Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, okay. like Phoenix, I think, needs to attract a young guy that they can build with. Their yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, the Lakers, like, they th- – I agree. Like, they need someone, like – tough like monty williams is the perfect personality 100 percent. but i mean it's just it's gonna be bronze dude they're gonna well i hope bronze dude is monty williams then but i I mean and and you better hope that monty williams is on bronze side like you better hope that bron and monty williams are on the same same page and because if they're not it's gonna be problems well but here's the thing what what is being reported as why lebron and Ty Lue got along so well and why LeBron respects Ty Lue so much is Ty Lue would challenge LeBron, and I think Monty Williams would do the same thing. It's like LeBron knows what he's going to get I with I think Ty every Lue. coach is going to challenge LeBron. He doesn't go no. unchecked. But I think a lot it's of the coaches relation, unchecked it's, LeBron. It's the relationship yeah. on knowing, okay, Ty, you can say that, but like we really know who runs shit. You know what I'm saying? 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. In Cleveland, gives, I don't he think gives he called Ty, all the plays. He gives Ty this pass. No, you know, I'm not saying he literally, LeBron literally calls everything, but yeah. I'm saying the bigger scheme, it's about making LeBron happy. If that's how, if you have LeBron on your team, that's what you have to do. You have to cater everything to him because he is too smart. He knows what the fuck's going on and he could do this job. So he's going to question everything. And when the people in power question one another, shit goes bad. Yeah. That's, that's the story of LeBron. Yeah, and that's that's why. He's and when you can jump on him, you know, jump on his wagon, and you just feed him, and and he's down with it, then he's feeling good. Everyone's feeling good. Their teams are better. Yeah. No. I mean, listen. It's gonna. I just don't want Kid, and I don't want Ty Lue. So yeah, I I, I don't want either one of those names either. But I, I think Ty Lue is about as close to as like certain. He's that, supposedly yeah. getting a second interview, and so is Monty Williams. Uh, apparently those second interviews are going to include Gene. And I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to be wrong here uh, with Monty, you know, but I just don't think that's. Yeah. I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting. I mean, the Lakers need to do something. I think Monty Williams people got to be telling him to go prefer the Lakers. I I think the Lakers. I just think he wants more of a win now team. He doesn't want a project. I think no matter what situation the Lakers are in, it is always. It always will be one of the most attractive head coaching jobs in the NBA when it is available. It's also the, the hardest fucking, one. It's all, but it's the fucking yeah. Lakers. Yeah, for sure. But you know, it's a franchise that always tries to win. Yeah, and accepts nothing you're, less. You're not getting a franchise where you don't know what the owner's thinking. You know, like yeah. Phoenix. Yeah, but I mean, on the flip side, we really don't know at this point in like this moment in time. We really don't know what the Lakers front office is thinking is. Because they've really gone zero dark thirty and gone silent, they haven't really put out any sort of statement. Smart, I mean, of I would too. After of the what the direction yep. the franchise is going. Yeah, smart. They need to keep shit in house and change the culture for the better. Yeah, I mean, I think as least amount of leaks as possible to come out from the Lakers right now is the best. Yeah. The good thing because is they got a guy like LeBron and they got young talent. Yeah, so like it's not it's not all like if they can everyone at the top get right then it can be it can be done this team is not abysmal it's not the knicks no, no it's not no, the no, knicks no. and it's not yeah. the suns yeah so it, it's like you know this shit can still work it's just you just got to change the culture and you can change the culture in one year when you have braun and a young talented team i think you know i think I mean? honestly like you get the right coach the right upper management guy and then all of a sudden you, you like genie buzz could look like a genius you know, or it can go the exact opposite and just completely blow up in your face. I think, honestly, the culture already has changed with LeBron being there. Um, we, Lonzo finally did like came out and did uh, his first like public appearance since all of the, the Big stuff. Big Brother brand. Yeah, all of that yeah. stuff really uh, broke. He did that House of Highlights like Twitter show. Um, and I could just sense a different demeanor in Lonzo and uh, how he carried himself in the interview and on the show. Uh, I, I saw a difference. I, I saw a different Lonzo than I'd he's seen before. He's not a kid anymore. Hundred percent, he's not a kid anymore. And Bron's definitely influenced him. Uh, Lonzo was already big business, you know. He was already in that mindset, yeah, in that lane, you know. And so Bron has been doing it for fifteen years, so he can he can really give Lonzo some insight. You know, it's not that Lonzo's the player or the talent that Bron is, but he's the mindset and business, and you know. The mogul and, and yeah. you know the guy that Braun is off the court. Yeah, yeah, and 
I don't, I don't think it just has affected Lonzo. I think it's affected all the young Lakers. And I mean, dude, he's twenty one, I mean, twenty. He's twenty one, twenty two. He's grown. He's becoming a man. He's he's like becoming his own person. Like that's what everyone does. Yeah. You know, he's just under a microscope. Yeah. So all right, let's transition now because, like I said uh, in the intro, the NFL draft is four days or two days away. Actually, it's on Thursday. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, like we normally do. Uh, but before we talk about the draft, there was a big trade this morning involving Tyler's favorite team, the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. Uh, Frank Clark, defensive end for the Seahawks, uh, who was franchise tagged this offseason but hadn't officially signed his franchise tag, was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. And upon getting traded, Clark signed an extension with Kansas City for $105.5 million with $63.5 million guaranteed. The Chiefs sent their first-round pick, which is slated at 29th overall this year. Uh, the teams will also swap third-round picks, and Kansas City will send the lower of their two 2020 second-round picks to Seattle as well uh, as part of compensation for Frank Clark. What do you what do you make of this deal, Tyler? I'm down with it. I mean, I hate to see Frank Clark go, but uh, you know this kind of thing happens in the NFL. You gain. You gain a guy that you didn't necessarily think you were going to get. You lose a guy you necessarily didn't think you'd lose. But uh, this is a move for the books. You know, this clears up cap space. That's a lot of money going Frank. Well, they got to pay Russell. Uh, we oh, get. That's what I was just well, about to say. What, yeah. So we're 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 clearing the books. Yeah. And uh, we're we're really good at drafting. To just get another first round draft pick. That's big time. Get a second round next year. That's big time. So at least we got something in return for a guy that I really liked as a player. Yeah, and he was instrumental and really a huge part of the defense. But we got rid of him at the right time in a contract year. We never had to pay him. It was yeah. all gravy for us. It's you got a Super Bowl you know, out of him. There's a lot of good teams that get you know uh, they get rid of people at the right time, and you know sometimes you got to do that with talent. You can't pay every single guy, and we committed to the quarterback position. And so we got to, you know, we have to draft and be more savvy with those with those players and positions. Yeah. I think it was good, though, for both teams, too. Like, it was good for the Seahawks, yeah. but good for the Chiefs, too, just because that their their secondary was not very good last year. They're almost dead last, I think, in the league. Yeah. And so I think this really helps them going forward because they did have, obviously, playoff hopes. They ran into the Patriots, which is, you know, obviously far-fetched that they could beat them. Yeah. So they almost did. But I think this kind of puts them, like, their team, their secondary together a little bit, you know, with getting – Somebody like him. Yeah. Um, so the draft is on Thursday. And I saw a clip of Mel Kuyper uh, and Todd McShay. That I think it was on first take. Uh, Mel Kuyper basically said he would put a percentage chance uh, of Kyler Murray going number one overall to the Cardinals at 99.9%. Todd McShay didn't feel comfortable putting his name on the line and Basically, he didn't feel confident enough to, to say whether or not he thought the Cardinals were going to draft Kyler Murray overall. Do you guys think Kyler Murray will end up being the number one overall pick? Yeah, by far. Yeah. You do? Yes. Yeah. Just, I mean, Baker was not necessarily the guy slated at number one, and everything pre-draft we heard was Baker at one. And you, it was not the same, but it was kind of similar Pretty similar. This. And I think if we're hearing Kyler, Kyler it's probably going to be him. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think what's going to... If Rosen is comfortable enough to, you know, verbally say that he's frustrated, yeah, 
then he must be hearing Kyler. So, like, you know, you keep hearing. Yeah, I mean, for for Rosen to, to come out publicly and say that he's frustrated with all the rumors that are going on, yeah. obviously where there's smoke, there's fire. I That's think he, he knows something, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, and it'll be interesting to see what the Cardinals do, whether they make it a quarterback competition between Rosen and Murray. I think and they trade Rosen, though. Yeah, no, that, that yeah. would be the other option. Uh, but where do you trade Rosen, and what do you get in return for him? You got you got to get uh, you got to get someone you really like, or you got to get a first, second round pick, multiple 100%. picks. Uh, you, I I got to be blowing up New York if I'm them. You know what I mean, I got to be trying to get Rosen in New York, help be that you know be there for when Eli goes down, mm-hmm. when Eli you know passes the torch. New York Giants have two first round picks. You know, yeah. one at six, one at seventeen. You could see one of those going. I don't know if they'd give up six for for uh, for Rosen, but they might. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I mean, it also would depend on if uh, Dwayne Haskins was still on the board and Kyler Murray still on the board, depending on depending yeah, so, on how all that so shakes they have out. A, so they have a lot of freedom. So you know, if I'm if if I'm Arizona and I got to get rid of one, I can't see them keeping Bull. Which you know, I just can't see Rosen being happy at all. I mean, no. you can't get anything out of him if he's still there. But another team I like, the other team I like is the the Bengals, uh, sitting at eleven for Rosen. That's, mm. a, that's another one. I think, that's interesting. I think Dalton's kind of one bad year. He's he's kind of on that Bortle uh, that Bortle play now. Where well, exactly, you know what you're getting. He's with one Andy Dalton. mediocre year away from being gone there after such a great start with that franchise, yeah. but. That's why I think, you know, Rosen could be the, the next in. Yeah, I mean, if if the Giants don't trade for Rosen, I definitely think they need to, to draft Eli's successor. Uh, even if Eli is going to be the starter this year, they need to – They need reality needs to slap them in the face, and they need to get ready for life without Eli. Yeah, and the thing is, is I, I don't think they're going to get their guy. I think, Haskin, I, I think Haskins is going to get – So you don't think they draft maybe a defensive end, pass rusher? Listen, New York is perfect. They want a quarterback. New York is perfectly capable of fucking this up. Yeah, no, no. I'm not by far. I'm not doubting if, that. I think if Haskins is there at six, it's no doubt they're taking him. They have to. Uh, I think what, if, I, what, what I'm worried about is I don't think Haskins is going to be there at six because I think Tampa Bay is fucking fed up with Jameis. I, I would be. And so that's another, that's another team where they could steal that quarterback right in front of them. Yeah. Uh, they draft right at five, right before Giants at six. And so if you're at six and Haskins off the board, then Arizona's phone calls are probably a little easier to pick up. Well, and another wrinkle I just remembered about Arizona, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury have the same agent. No, I mean, all this has been, you know, I think. Well, Cliff, I just, it just it popped into my Cliff head. I, I remember fu- now. He's fucked, man. He has to take him now, you know. Well, and if if Kyler doesn't go to Arizona, I think Kyler's getting a new agent the next day. Yeah, that'd be it'd be crazy. If, I think he's just locked. That he's going number one. So if you had the choice, forget forget the team, forget the position. Like if I would, like if I was Bill Belichick and I was running running the team, like if I was the head coach GM. If you had the choice for the number one overall pick, if this year's draft, who do you take? Regardless of team, right? regardless of team, just okay. you the best player, the best prospect, Tyler Pacholke, Jacob Gonzalez. Yeah, who would you want as your number one NFL draft pick if you were if you had a team? The best overall player is Bosa. Yeah, 
That's who I would go with but, is Nick Bosa. But if I mean, if it's any team and it's it's the best quarterback is the number one pick. Yeah, that's and true. In that sense, I would go Haskins. But uh, well, yeah, you got to choose between defense or offense. If I was the Cardinals at number one, I would take Bosa. They're fucking it up. But <laughs> that's not that they're they're gonna take Kyler Murray. So. Okay, so second layer to this question: Do you draft for team fit or do you draft best available? This depends on the state of your franchise. I think uh, I think you have to upgrade your position groups if you're like winning now. You know. Okay. Uh, like the Seahawks have to draft guys that they're going to upgrade their position group. Um, but then there's guys like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the and the New England Patriots, and the and these guys that take more shots um, because they have the luxury of doing so. It just depends on what team it is. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think I could I could say either way production or potential. So you, so realistically, you would have to draft for team fit because you would have to look at your franchise and see what's going on, what your needs are. Yeah, see what your yeah need, yeah okay yeah. I guess in that sense, yeah, team fit is absolutely who you take. You have to okay. You have to look at where your team's at, the dynamic of it. Cause, right, where this player yeah. would fit into your scheme. Yeah, okay. So like Aaron Rodgers and you're the Green Bay Packers. They were not expecting to draft a quarterback that night. No, but, but they had a franchise that was set. They were winning. They were fine. They didn't need anybody necessarily. But why not have a rookie quarterback but behind Brett when Favre? You, at the when time? a talent comes to the table that you weren't expecting to get, you know, then then you can sometimes pull the trigger. You know, it yeah. just depends. It's there's so many variables in that. What about you, Jacob? Team needs. See, if I was a franchise, I think I would do the same. I would take best. So, so team fit. Yeah. But I think best available. I think applies more to the NBA. You you drop guys by. Who's the best guy on the on the board as far Absolutely. as is he the best point yeah. guard? Is he the best center? But I think for the NFL, it's a little bit different. You have a much bigger roster, so you have 100%. a lot more things going on. So yeah, the, you have a defense and an offense too that you have to account for. So I think best team fit is, is the way to go. When yeah, you I definitely, I definitely think in the NBA you draft more. Uh, you get the best basketball off, uh, player, best available, best available. Yeah, what you th- what you think or who you think has the most potential as a player. Uh, you don't really draft for team fit. You kind of just go after the best available. Need the best yeah, because if you're a crappy team, you're looking for the next star, stud, right. you know, something to player. build around. Exactly. Well, it's like this. I mean, the Orlando Magic and Phoenix Suns point guard uh, situation has been trash for a couple years now. Right. If they're the number one pick, they got to take Zion. They can't take John Moran. Right. You know, even though they need a, a point guard desperately, they have a point guard, yeah. they have you to have take. to take. You cannot pass on because that's a generational type talent. Exactly. But I think NFL is different though because you have yeah. so much depth in a secondary and yeah, in your offense. The whole first two rounds, your teams are passed on generational talent. I mean, there's studs all in all throughout football. You know what I mean? There's so yeah. many more positions. So I mean, Tom Brady was drafted it's in a, the sixth round. It's a different dynamic. You know what exactly. I mean? You got six to eight guys in the NBA that have the potential of being a star. Right. And you got probably 50 guys in the NFL draft that have potential. To be and you star. could sometimes find one of those 50 guys in round four, five, six, seven. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. Now, before we get out of here, uh, obviously, since the draft is Thursday, Tyler, you're a fan of the Seattle Seahawks. I'm a fan of the Los Angeles Rams. Yep. Jacob, I would think you're a Rams fan. I am a Rams fan. Okay. All right. Exactly. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Made the right choice. Yeah. Um, I figured it would be cool to just go over like what we think are the biggest concerns and what the teams need to address going into the draft. So I don't know if you want to start, have me start. Yeah, no, I, I could start real quick, I guess. I mean, uh, one of the big positions I had, uh, it like – 
you know, concerns about was backup quarterback. Kind of a stickler on backup quarterback. You have to have one. But we, we ain't got Paxton Lynch, which I'm okay with. I'd love to see them take a quarterback with their fourth or fifth round draft pick uh, just because I think it would be nice to have the luxury at that position. But now that we have put so much money in Russell Wilson, we don't really have the luxury of doing that. So I, I think ultimately we end up spending all five of our picks on front seven and O-linemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of front seven and O-line, I think we really do need like a big receiving target. But uh, I, don't, I just don't know the draft that well in the middle rounds when it comes to that kind of like specific needs. Yeah. Um, but I, I think our two first rounders are going to be front seven players, defensive mm-hmm. players. Uh, and then, you know, we only have five total picks. So I really think we're just going to try and beef up our, our, our front guys because we're pretty locked up and deep, you know, at other positions. We have speed on offense. Uh, we have, you know, receivers, all, all this kind of stuff. We've got tight ends. We just need to keep upgrading and keep in depth with the big guys. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think our teams are in a pretty similar situation. Uh, I think it's just small tweaks here and there. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. They, so the the Rams also have seven. Uh, or you said the Seahawks have five picks. Yeah, they have five picks this year. Okay, so the Rams have seven, two of which are compensatory. Um, but I think the biggest concerns the Rams have, uh, and that need to be addressed, are really the same concerns they've had the past two years, uh, or so, and that's the linebacker position. And then obviously trying to improve both offensive and defensive lines, uh, lines. I just said lines, which is kind of <laughs> like goes without saying every NFL right. team is trying to upgrade yeah, their offensive exactly. defensive line. It's, it's kind of like big guys in the NBA It's just, they're rare. So you got to always be looking. Right. And I think it's, I think the Rams are looking to in, improve the lines more in terms of depth. To, to because me, exactly, yeah. I ha- if I'm the Rams, at, at, let me, let me see really quick. If at the 31st pick, yeah. I absolutely have to take the best linebacker that's a, a tackler and open field yeah. guy. 100%. Like he, cannot, he can't be under 230 pounds, and he's got to be the best one. Yeah. The, the best one that's available. It, it, you know, if the top guys are gone, then they're gone. You have to take the best, like, tackling linebacker. Uh, that's just – it's like, honestly, their only need, I mean, yeah. is, the, is the linebacking core. Every – everywhere else on that team is just solid as a rock yeah it's really it's really that middle of the defense and and then in terms of the offensive and defensive lines the starting positions are pretty much set i think except for maybe one or two spots on either line uh the rams are they're solid at receiver they're solid in the secondary they're solid in the run game they just announced they're uh picking up jared goff's 2020 option they've got a backup quarterback they just signed blake bortles as their backup quarterback who i was initially against in eventually flipped the coin and was like you know what he's a he's an nfl starter at one time he's been to the playoffs great backup too now. yeah it's, it's it's not a bad backup to have uh so you, yeah it's, you gotta draft you gotta draft three linebackers maybe even four fine with me you gotta do it and, and that's what you gotta look for at the end you know it may not be the names you want to see but if you guys draft three linebackers you're gonna get someone good out of that group i promise it's gonna yeah. happen so, all right. Uh, the first round of the draft is on Thursday. Uh, Fucking the NFL is back. Yep. Couple I'm going mi- to miss it, man. I'm going to miss the whole draft. That's okay. You're yeah. going to be at endgame. I'll be at endgame. Nothing else matters for those three or four <laughs> days. 
All right, you got a shout out before we get out of here, TP. Oh yeah, I got a fuck. I'm stoked about my shout out because I woke I'm ready. I'm I ready. woke up to watch this shout out, and that's my dog Cole Anthony. Oh man, doing the damn thing, going to North I Carolina. I knew this was coming. That is just uh, that just makes me happy. That's that's two Burger Boys now. Yep. For for the Tar Heels coming in uh, with Armando, my guy. He's a, he's a force. Um, there's still some guys that are uncommitted, but Cole Anthony. In my eyes, is the best recruit in the class. He's, he's still Duck Lamelo, though. I think he's he's, yeah. But I mean, that, that don't mean shit. That don't mean shit. Oh, Oak Hill, is uh, Oak Hill. They don't need to prove anything. All right. uh, and neither does Cole Anthony. But uh, I mean, that's a big time. That's a big time game. I think he's the best player in the country. He swept the MVP for all the all star, uh, all the All American games. I mean, he's number two and three. I think on the two big uh, like rivals and 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 espn well and with Cassius stanley going to duke that's going to be great to watch next year and and i mean roy duke gets all roy, the top recruits though every roy year Will, roy williams is is a great point guard coach so yeah. uh yeah man i'm just i'm super stoked for cole anthony to be at north carolina that's gonna it's gonna be a great year next year it's gonna be a lot of fun to have him i hope he rocks 50 uh just <laughs> That'd be like tight. just like psycho t it'll be uh just like his dad yeah, uh, I've been watching Cole since he was a sophomore in high school, so it's just cool to see that he's going to your favorite school. He's going to North Carolina. All right, you got a you got a shout out before we get out of here, Jacob. Yeah, I'm gonna give a shout out to the uh, very own TSK show for oh. bringing me back on yes. for the <laughs> second episode. It. We love yep. it. We love it. Well, we appreciate uh, you joining us. Of course. Uh, real quick, my shout out before we get out of here is to HBO. They announced that uh, they announced today that they're gonna put out a scripted drama based on a book written by the author Jeff Perlman. Uh, the book was called Showtime, Magic, Kareem, Riley, Ooh. and the Los Angeles Lakers dynasty of the 1980s. So this mm. is going to be a scripted drama all about the Showtime Lakers yeah. uh, put out by HBO. Uh, it's going to be incredible. I can't wait for, uh, for this to come out whenever it does. Uh, and Adam McKay is going to be a yeah. huge part of the, uh, yeah. the production of Big this series. Fan. Big time sports fan. Yeah. I think he's a USC guy. I'm not sure. Him and Will Farrell uh, were partners. I believe they just separated uh, their business partnership. Uh, Adam's been doing a lot more serious uh, work in terms of uh, the stuff he's been putting out and doing less comedy uh, as Will Farrell is obviously serious. For. Like all that shit he did wasn't serious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Money. You know what I'm saying. Well, yeah. I mean, he's made a grip. Yeah, he decided to go a little more dramatic instead of. But funny. I mean, Adam McKay being a part of this, I have high hopes. Well, no, you got you got talent, you got a stud. So like right off the gate, you know you're going to get a certain value out of it. And uh, when does it come be, out? This is I don't be, know. This is oh, going to be crazy, dude. It? No, it's going to be crazy. I I would love to hear what what Kareem, Magic, and Riley think about this because well, they either got to be excited or scared about the information, the story. How are they going to portray? It? Is well, it going to be the he books got are, game? The book's already out. No, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, how are they going to – is this going to be a darker look on the thing? I don't you think so. You know what so. I mean? Are they going to show, like, the whole picture? Or are they going to focus mainly on basketball? Are I don't they gonna, think they're going to focus they gonna much focus on basketball. On the, the, no basketball? I don't I, – That's where I think it would be kind of sketchy. I mean – Because there's a lot of stuff that happened towards, like, the end of that dynasty that kind of split them up, too. So. Well, and I think the problem with putting a lot of basketball in a scripted drama series like this is you got to get actors that can actually play. 
because I mean we're talking about Magic, Kareem, James Worthy. Yeah, but uh, I we're mean, talking the about pictures. Greats. The pictures weren't great back then. You could put in real clips and and get away with it. I think. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, listen, any I always say if I could go back to any time period in in the world's history, 80s? it would be the 1980s. So I could watch the Showtime Lakers and the Boston Celtics for those 10 years. Save yeah. the that's what saved yeah. the NBA. Exactly, Magic and Bird saved the NBA for sure. Nah, they for sure they're the they're the 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 start of it all. You know how I feel. 19, yeah. 1980. That's when the league started. Yeah. Everything so, before that was just kind bunch of bunch of cocaine like, and people missing practice. <laughs> yeah, it's all. So that's what I'm saying. You could take a lot of dirty, t- dark twists on, the, Listen, on this portrayal of these guys, but uh, hopefully they'll just show kind of more of the fun, charismatic, yeah, I think uh, light, lighter side of it all. I don't think because I'm 90- Kareem, Kareem fighting Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm 99% sure like Magic, Kareem, and Riley, and a lot of those guys were all part of the book being made. Yeah. So now, obviously, I think this has their stamp of approval. Those guys got so much power. I don't think this thing could have got made in the in the wrong way 100%. and actually got publicized. Yeah, exactly. So I think ultimately it's going to be great. It's gonna it's gonna be really interesting to watch, and and I can't wait for it. So once again, Jacob, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you being here. Of course, I hope to be back. Yeah, we we'll definitely have you back uh, now that you've been on uh, twice. Uh, I think we I think we can have you back for a hmm. third time. I think I'm the reigning uh, coast. Uh, well, not coast. Yeah, you're, fir- you're the first person to, yeah, to come, come on twice. twice. Yeah, All right, well, so. three times a charm, just like the Warriors. Oh man. All right, with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. Jacob, you want to shout out your social media real quick? Well, I have a Twitter. I just don't really use it, you know, because uh. it gets me into trouble. But uh, if you <laughs> want to follow my Instagram, it is uh, Jacob underscore underscore Gonzalez. Uh, two underscores. Yeah, remember don't for- that. Don't forget that. People get pissed that I have two. Uh, so all of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well. We are now officially on Spotify as well. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace.